is dedicated for you to learn everything about stock trading, hedge funds, investing, real estate. And again, today is going to be all about real estate investing development. So if you're looking for these trip, you know, uh, tricks, tips, you know, strategies, how to build your own properties, how to invest. Uh, I mean, we're going to cover a lot of great, great topics today. But first of all, I want to introduce you to this great guest. His name is uh, Jaime Sanchez. He's a real estate developer based in LA uh, with over $1 billion in real estate development. Currently projects, uh, projects in, current projects include a seven story student housing project near U, UCT uh, and a joint venture deal on an 88 story high rise. So currently working on a development, uh, developing a course to teach uh, novice investors about real estate development, which of course everybody is gonna be looking for that. Uh, so Jaime, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. It's no problem. It's a pleasure. So uh, again, uh, the first question first, you know, like, can you talk about your personal background? Again, as you mentioned here, you, you kind of finished the, uh, you know, uh, USCLA, MBA, uh, you know, you got that going uh, personally, but how have you discovered the kind of real estate business? Who was your biggest influence or event that kind of pushed you towards that direction? Yeah, definitely. So um, kind of more on a pr professional level. Yeah, I, I for undergrad, I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo where I did uh, civil engineering and construction management. I, I knew early on that I didn't want to do engineering. And so I'd say one, one of the biggest influences uh, that I had was um, I went to the construction management department at my university and I, I asked it, you know, the opportunity to transfer because I knew I didn't want to do engineering. I, I was more focused about real estate, construction, general contracting. And um, he actually gave me a piece of advice. He said, um, you know, there was no need for me to transfer it. What, what really you needed was, was get experience. And so the more experience you can get, the more remarkable you're going to be when it comes to pursuing uh, projects, uh, real estate development projects. And so I, that, that conversation I had with him was, was pivotal to, for me in terms of my trajectory to pursue this as a career, uh, because it's not um, real estate development. There isn't a course for it. There isn't a track for it. You know, typically if you want to be a CPA or an accountant, right, there's courses and, and specific roles to get you to that, to that level. There's no such thing as, as, for, as that in real estate development. It's a very entrepreneurial experience-based uh, type career. And so my objective was just to get as much experience as possible in different projects as much as possible so that I can uh, be exposed to all the aspects of, of development from design, construction, financing, things like that. Got it, got it. So again, as I mentioned about the courses, there is no courses. There, there will be one <laughs> course coming out as I mentioned Yes. In the bio, you're coming up with that. So maybe we can discuss the topics later on about the course, what exactly. people are going to be expecting in that. But uh, I mean, you know, for the people who are watching, again, in this day and age, there is uh, a lot of information because we live in this dig digital age, right? And if you're going to go and search out, you know, real estate investing, you're probably going to come up with dozens of different asset classes and investment vehicles and investment strategies. So kind of question for you, how did you find that real estate development is a right, a right, a right path for you to follow? Yeah, it's uh, real estate development, unlike uh, traditional real estate investing, uh, you know, just like you said, there's so much information out there in the invest 
investing space, right? Because it, the ability to get in just requires a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of money, and just having the right contacts. Uh, development is completely different because you, it requires intense amount of capital to be able to take a project from beginning to end. It requires the right network of people uh, to understand to understand what's going on, and, and it requires experience. Because if you're inexperienced, there's going to be roadblocks uh, the entire way. Uh, it's said that in real estate development, you're going to get a lot of brain damage just because of all the all the stuff you got to deal with between uh, government agencies and neighbors and the design component and cost and finances. So it really is a more entrepreneurial path. And so for those who who feel they have the kind of entrepreneurial spirit, they want to be able to create something they, they can call their own, have their own signature with their own branding. Uh, real estate development is one of those one of those career opportunities that offers that. Um, I'd say you graduate to development once you get more comfortable understanding how investing works and being able to manage your own projects. It doesn't have to have be a big portfolio, but just being able to get that level of comfort of understanding the real estate scope in order to dive into something as big as real estate development where the risk is extremely high because you're basically taking land or taking an asset that's uh, not to its fullest potential and, and you're basically demolishing it and building something brand new. And so there's a lot of risk and a lot of capital uh, that goes into each of these projects. So um, that's why it's, if you have the entrepreneurial spirit, that's really the most important factor. Got it. So talking about the inter entrepreneurial spirit, because I know uh, you probably heard yourself, there's a lot of kind of established uh, entrepreneurs in the industries, you know, different industries and you, you can, we can name, you know, all of them, but uh, Right. They're talking like one side is talking about, you know, you can become one, which is basically mm -hmm. you can kind of through the learning process, you become a successful business owner, entrepreneur. And other people are saying, no, it's a kind of inherited. It's, it's like this, you know, specimen. Exactly. It's a gene. So what, what is your opinion on that? Yeah. So I would say I'm the first. I would say I learned to become an entrepreneur. I, uh, you know, growing up and just kind of, you know, figuring out my career path and you know, following the, the dogma of, you know, going to school, getting good grades, getting a good job and, and all that stuff. I did all that. And so I, I did the traditional path. I really didn't think about entrepreneurship early on in my career. It wasn't until I started becoming comfortable with the idea of going out on my own and doing some of these projects as a result of getting a lot of experience that then gave me the confidence to do things on my own. I, I would say there are people who you know, don't have, you know, a lot of schooling and just kind of drop out of high school and then they, they go on and create successful businesses. I think there's, there, like you said, there's two parts to it. There's the part in which some people just inherently have that entrepreneurial drive to be able to create something. And, uh, and there are those that learn it over time as they, as they continue to gain confidence and experience. So I would say I'm in the first category. So it's definitely possible for anybody who's looking to be uh, to dive into the real estate entrepreneurial space, um, just by by continuing getting experience, continuing networking, and continuing uh, following a path in which you, you gain that confidence. Got it. Got it. Okay. So talking about kind of building your own confidence again, uh, no pun intended, but there's uh, a <laughs> like how do you build the confidence? How do you build uh, kind of your first projects? What is the process towards that? Again, I'm sure you probably remember your first project because it was kind of the first. You know, it's right. always like the first kid. The, the, the wife, hopefully the first and the last uh, for a lot of you who are watching, but uh, 
you know, what is the process for you? What, like, what did it take for you to accomplish that first development? Can you just tell us the story about that? Yeah, so for me, what allowed me to dive into, to get, get into some of these, some of these projects was, um, the thing about real estate development is because it is so, so much risk, one of the best ways to minimize risk is to joint venture with other like-minded uh, people. So other investors or developers who have different skill sets that, that provide some, some kind of value to the project. And so on one of my projects, um, me and a, a good friend of mine, we partnered up. We're going to do a big, big uh, a small residential project. And um, his skill set was more set for kind of investing, uh, you know, finding, finding good uh, contacts in the residential space. Mine was more so kind of managing projects, uh, make sure our accounting and financing was set up. And so I think one of the best ways in which uh, a novice investor who wants to step into the real estate development space is to uh, joint venture with someone who has complementary skill sets to you to minimize the risk and increase the, uh, the ability to your, your workload of, of being able to take on such a project. So that was my first experience is, is being able to joint venture with like-minded people with complementary skill sets to be able to minimize risk and, and then take on the project. Mm, got it, got it. So the question is kind of for you, you know, how do you build those connections? Because I mean, uh, it's kind of the key component, you know, for this uh, real estate development business. So what is the process behind building those valuable connections and, you know, the potential partnerships for you? Yeah, I mean, you, you actually don't know where they're going to come from. It, it, it all results of being out there, uh, networking, uh, you know, you know, putting your face out there in different types of opportunities. And so whether it's maybe you're, you're, uh, you're at work, right? Maybe you have a full-time job and, and uh, you know, maybe just finding those like-minded people in, in the work setting that, um, that, that also know some, something about it. So I used to work for a real estate development company. And from that, some of the, so my coworkers were really good in terms of construction or finance. And so it's being able to leverage those contacts to be able to open up uh, a, a bigger network. And so I'd say you can do that anywhere. You could do it at work. You could do it um, you know, through real estate meetups. Um, you could do that through, um, you know, just if, if you went to, to school, you, you know, there's, there's networks there that you can leverage as well. And so I basically just took that, that principle and applied it to everything I did. And so um, you know, my connections extend from undergrad to business school to work settings. And, and now in, in networking and professional settings that allow me to now have people recognize me as, as the developer to go to uh, when it comes to pursuing a project. Got it, got it. And it's kind of important to build those key relationships, right? Exactly, yeah. and exactly. And it's, it's gonna take time. It's not something yeah. you can build overnight. Um, you, know, this, you know, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm fairly young, but um, you know, th this, trajectory took you know about a decade right since i decided to make this my career um and it required you know constantly figuring out what i wanted to accomplish and, and how i wanted to establish my network yeah got it got it and again by looking at your current establishment we're talking one billion dollars in construction and uh, i'm not sure if, if that picture behind you is is one of the projects that you've been working on or working on so no no <laughs> it's just a beautiful nice, building. <laughs> yeah. Nice building. It's a nice building for my uh, for my uh, 
college days. Got it, got it, got it. So the question is, how do you get to that level? I mean, coming from like the first deal. So how, how big was the first uh, development for you personal? Uh, the first one wasn't that much. I mean, it was, it was about a million bucks. Um, here in, here in like yeah, size wise. yeah, so it was just, it was a, a single family residence and we, uh, and we uh, built a second unit in the back uh, through what's called an accessory dwelling unit. It's very popular here in California, especially here in LA. Um, so that was what one of my deal, my first deals that I did on, on, on the personal side. What I've done professionally, but also entrepreneurially is joint venture with other uh, key players and other partners. And so the reason I've been able to get to that size, it has been because of the joint venture opportunities that I've put myself in to be able to, to take on these, these big projects. So it's not to say I'm the developer with, you know, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, some, some like institutional type developer that, that I'm, you know, competing with. It's being able to connect with other partners, other key developers that want to partner with me because of the skill sets I bring. And so um, the reason I've been able to uh, accomplish that threshold is because one of them was a big downtown LA deal in which um, myself and, and uh, uh, a few others participated in a, uh, what's called an, a request for proposal process with the city of Los Angeles to take down uh, a, a prime piece of land in downtown LA. And so we had to go through this very difficult process uh, to be able to land that project. But that project you know, in, in size alone, that'll be about a billion and a half dollars when it's done, uh, just because of the magnitude of the project. But that's that's a uh, consequence of, of partnering with the right people. And you, are you talking about that 88-story building that you're planning on yes, working? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that project right now is under uh, entitlements, which uh, many of you people don't know what that term means. It's basically uh, the approvals required from city and government agencies to say you have the legal right to build a project of size and scales. And so it's, uh, it's the most riskiest uh, phase of uh, any development project. But once you get that, you basically uh, did all the legwork, all the hard work. At that point, it just becomes design, construction, which isn't as risky as it is now where you don't know if you're going to get your approvals. Mm. Got it. So I have so many questions running through my head, but kind of first question while we're still talking about the building, can you kind of talk about, is it going to be only apartments, like with some commercial property, like in a, in a ground base, like what is what the building is going to be like? Yeah. So it's actually starting to shift now because of, you know, what we're experiencing through COVID and, and changing uh, patterns. Right. But, um, you know, typically, uh, downtown markets, you know, you, you cater to a lot of residential type, type opportunities, um, you know, and, and definitely for this type of project, more in the, in the upscale, you know, luxury market. And so it's going to be a combination of condos, apartments, um, two flag hotels, uh, retail, and then also some kind of community uh, project to it. So like a museum or something. It's a really, really big project. And so we have you know, approximately 1.2 million square feet to utilize. And so we just got to have a bunch of different uses to make it, to make it work. So it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting project, but it's, it, it requires a lot of, a lot of time and effort. And when do you think you're going to be like fully establishing this project? What, what is the So right now, based on timelines, we probably will get approval sometime next year, end of next year, uh, from all the city and California agencies. Uh, design takes, you know, 12 to 24 months. 
um, then construction is going to take a good four years. So uh, the idea is to be ready by the uh, 2028 Olympics. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay. So talking about the building itself, I mean, what is the strategy behind, you know, building this building? Are you going to be selling condos, apartments, those leasing commercial units by yourself? Or are you going to be pushing towards like just selling the entire building to the REIT, which is going to take care after? Like, what is the strategy with, with the building? Yeah, right now the idea is to obviously um, stabilize the project, right? Getting all the proper tenants in there, all the residents, uh, all the retail tenants, make sure the flags, the, the hotels are, are operating and then the condos getting, getting them sold. So I'd say there's a, about a 10 year life cycle on, on the project um, between now and when it's done. So it'll be done 2028 probably two years to get it uh, stabilized, you know, rented and sold. And then at that point, um, it becomes um, a, a decision from, from all the capital partners in terms of what they want to do. Most likely sell off components of it. Um, so that way you keep the highest performing ones uh, for, for, for your portfolio, but then sell off the other ones that make sense to, to gain liquidity then. So that's why we're doing what's called a... Um, uh, tentative track map would basically condos out portions of the building. So you condo out the hotel, you condo out the apartments. So when it comes time, you could just sell off that component. You don't have to sell off the entire building. Mm, got it. So even though you guys are developers, you're still looking for ways to keep those income producing assets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, you know, as a developer, the, the, the big gains are made when you, when you have a big capital event, which is usually a, the sale or a, a big, re, you know, refinance. Um, so, you, so a lot of the money is made that way, but at the same time, right, you want to keep some type of existing cash flow for operation. So if it, it, if it performs extremely well, you keep those. If, if it performs, you know, based on whatever the market is requiring, then you most likely sell because it gives you the opportunity to, to liquidate and then move on to the next project. Got it. So talking about moving on to the next project, like I know it's kind of big project, which is going to take 10 years for you to develop uh, and it's going to be a lot of things you're going to go through and of course the of course the covid kind of makes the entire situation maybe you know a little mm -hmm. bit more difficult and kind of extends the time timeline you know for the project but what do you have also in a pipeline going on what sort of a projects uh, that you're planning to accomplish in the future yeah so right now i also have another project uh, me and my business partner are working in a uh, seven-story uh, student housing project by uh, university of southern california usc and that's uh, exclusively student housing. So that's going to be um, uh, uh, all apartments um, with some minor retail. But right there, we're just kind of thinking of the programming of what it what a, a student resident would want. So uh, balconies and rooftop deck and uh, study lounges and a gym. So it's it's uh, it's a very creative process to be able to kind of go through that exercise. And uh, we're working with um, a great capital partner there that's a student housing operator in that area. And so this is their first project of, of this scale. And uh, the fact that they partners up with us as the uh, lead developer, you know, allows us to, to enter these different territories for us. So this will be, this will be the first student housing project that I've, I've done. Got it. So how do you guys coming up with those decisions when it comes to what type of commercial building you should build in, in the different areas? Uh, it just depends on what the, what the market trends are, you know, job growth, um, uh, proximity to amenities, uh, proximity to transportation uh, modes, right? Whether it's close to a metro stop, a rail station, things like that. 
um, because that then impacts the type of design you want for your building, you know, how many parking spaces, how many residents, whether it requires some kind of affordability factor as well. And so it's, it's actually taking a lot of variables and kind of putting it into one bucket and then figuring out what, what meets the criteria of, of the trends in that specific area. Got it. So talking about California as a state itself, I mean, like I have no clue what's going on beside, you know, I, I heard there's a few people who are leaving the states because the state because of the taxes, there's, mm -hmm. more, you know, tax advantage, uh, you know, states out there, you know, like Arizona and, you know, down south, like, you know, these states, but like, and, and I heard the fires going on, but beside that, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like you guys are still developing and expanding LA at the moment. And, you know, like when it comes to development and zoning, how, how is like all these things, are they very problematic when you have to kind of have these conversations with the, with the city of LA? Like how do these conversations go about? I'd say the city, um, you know, is a bit more sophisticated. And so they're, 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 they usually are partners when it comes to, uh, providing new housing, right? Because we, we do have a housing shortage in California and in, in, in LA specifically as well, mm. dealing, dealing with the affordability crisis. And so one of the one of the ways in which you kind of counteract that is by building more housing. And so I say as developers, uh, they're, they're open to it, but there is some requirements that you need to go through because they can't all just be market rate units. There's gotta be an affordability component to it. Yeah. And so that becomes a negotiation with not just the city, but the neighborhood council, which voices their opinions about scale of the project. You know, usually get what's uh, it's called, uh, you get a lot of NIMBYs. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, it stands for not in my backyard. <laughs> <NIMBYs>. <laughs> and so you get a lot of those types of people who are opposed to development projects, you know, adjacent to where they live. And so it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's actually a very political process more than anything. Uh, so uh, just rubbing the right elbows, making sure uh, you become good partners and stakeholders with your community and with the city council members. Because at the end of the day, the city council represents their communities. And if the community completely opposes your project and you as a developer, then they, they kind of have no choice, right? But to deny your project at the end. So it's, it's, it's a very political process. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. Talking about California itself again, you're, you're building all these projects, which is great. Again, you have a you know a, a, you know the student housing project in the pipeline, and I'm sure you're going to be coming up with some different same projects in the future for the state of California. But have you had any discussions with your partners that you know that you're maybe you're planning to build something out of state and you know in different yes. parts? Exactly. It's funny you ask that because I just came back from the Midwest uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in Pittsburgh, Columbus, Ohio. And Detroit and uh, the reason for our visits out there was because we were meeting with uh, local partners there architects um, investment funds and um, I, we're seeing a good market trend specifically in the Columbus Ohio of job growth uh, you know a lot of incoming residents coming in you have the universities there as well and um, and the and, and they're very favorable towards their pro development and so uh, and the pricing as well is is just you know day and night between what we're paying for here in LA versus what you pay for in Columbus, Ohio, in terms of the land and then also in terms of the uh, construction costs. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're going to continue those conversations. But I think Columbus, Ohio is going to be is going to be one of our next markets uh, to build uh, a new type of project, but uh, very similar to what we do here in LA. You know, something like seven, ten stories. Um, you know, in the range of fifty to one hundred units. 
in, a, in an urban downtown market where, um, where we're seeing a lot of positive growth from employers looking for these lower, lower cost of living areas uh, for their employees. And so I, it's, it's, it's hitting all the boxes. Got it, got it, great. So talking about, again, your development projects, uh, can you talk a little bit about financing and the way you structure the deals? Is it 100% uh, you get the financing from the banks or like do you like source capital? Do you accept uh, accredited investor money for your deals? Like how does that process work? Yeah, so for, for, for development deals, it's, it's, uh, it's much different than you would expect, say uh, in the multifamily space where you know, you're syndicating a deal, right? You have the general partner, limited partner, and then the bank. Uh, for, for development deals, you got to go through what's called two phases. Um, essentially, no bank or very few banks finance a project when it doesn't have its approvals, its entitlement approvals. And so you're basically, that's the risk of the developer. You basically pull the money between yourself and other investors that uh, trust you with full confidence that says, yeah, I'm going to buy this property and in call it 12 to 18 months, I'm gonna get approvals to build whatever project you were proposing, right? Seven story apartment building or whatever it is. There's a lot of risk in those 12 to 18 months. And so you've got to buy the land, you got to put in all the money for architect fees and consultants to get you through the process to get your approvals and then ultimately design. Once you have that approval in place, you basically have something that's financeable by a bank because now you've eliminated all the risk from uh, from the property and ensuring that yes, now you have every right to build this type of project there. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. So at that point, yes, you can then go out into the capital markets and get financing. And so typically for a construction loan for new development deals, uh, they usually don't like to lend beyond 65% loan to cost. And so that other 35, uh, 40%, you need to raise between uh, the general partnership, which is usually the developer and, and their um, liaisons of investors, and then a, a limited partner, which in this case could be your typical accredited investors or a, um, or a fund or some kind of family office or an institution uh, that loves the business plan of what this type of project is and is willing to fund uh, that, uh, that li limited partnership money. Got it, got it. Thank you. Thank you for clearing this out. That it's, uh, there's a slight difference into financing. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and just to elaborate on that more, just in case people are wondering, um, usually the equity, that 30, 35%, it's usually in development deals is split um, typically 70, 30. So the LP uh, invests 70% of the, of the equity and the general partnership needs to come up with that 30%. Mm, That's right. usually the structure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So remember, I asked you kind of the question before we started the interview. I was like, what is your website? Because I want to just go through the deals and see what you have in the pipeline, the projects that you came up with. And you said, we don't have one, you know, which yeah, is perfectly no. fine, which is perfectly <laughs> fine. Look, I'm not judging. There's a lot of right. people don't have the websites and they're huge companies, which are, of course, uh, you hitting that 1 billion benchmark right now and, you know, building all these great projects, which is fine. Like that, that's not the way you work when you raise capital, when you, you know, putting deals together, that's fine. But when it comes to selling all these properties, you know, the condos, the apartments, leasing, like how are you planning to market yourself uh, to make sure that you can kind of make those things move faster? Well, the thing about uh, a real estate developer and, and uh, unlike other professions is, is, is we work in very small teams, you know, typically a, even a project of, of, of big magnitude, 
you don't see more than five people on the development uh, side, just because it's, it's such at a higher level. It's not like we're actually designing the project or managing the contractor. Um, you know, it's more so making sure the project moves along in, in the positive direction. And so that, that's why you typically see, you know, you don't see big websites, you don't see uh, road shows or things like that is uh, you brand yourself through your reputation, your experience. And so we, we have materials that we, we share, but we share those, you know, those are internal documents that we share whenever we make a presentation of a capital partner or an architect or somebody, but more than often than not, right, because we're in a position where we're constantly looking for projects, you know, people come to us, right? So consultants come to us for work, architects come to us for work, um, and, uh, and contractors come to us for work. So actually they cater to us actually for, for a lot of uh, more business. And so really what we need to do on our end is, is continue building relationships with brokers and, and different people who are in the markets that can uh, provide us future opportunities on future land deals. Uh, but they usually don't find us on a website. It's usually us reaching out to them. Got it, got it, got it. Again, that's no problem. That's perfectly yeah. fine. So it I works. Mean, it works for you guys. So yes, it works for us. Eventually, we I, I will you know put some time in a website. But honestly, it's it's it hasn't. I've never needed one, and so yeah. Uh, and I'm starting to branch into social media, and so that's that's something that uh, that I'm I'm really going to ramp up here in Q4 of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because look at the people again. I'm just going to use this kind of advice, you know, like people that they're looking towards, you know, like investors, and they always think about Warren Buffett, like he, he doesn't have a computer on the stable. If he does, he probably never <laughs> uses it. He doesn't, he doesn't have a smartphone. He reads, he reads a lot. He reads this company reports, you know, and he kind of right. values the companies. He does a lot of that. But I mean, and he's like the whatever the third, the fourth, like richest person Somewhere on the there. planet. Yeah. So, so like it doesn't mean that you have to do these things, but it's just again we are in kind of technology, digital, you know, age right now. So that that that's what I wanted to ask. But talking again, kind of digital technology age, you're still looking to put out uh, this thing on online, which is your course. So yes, I would love yes, to. Yes. I would love to yes. talk about the course and what people should expect in it. Yeah, so uh, I've been getting a lot of, you know, comments and feedback, not just uh, just from, you know, peers and uh, colleagues who are, you know, uh, professionals within their own right doing different things. Um, but they, you know, obviously, when you see someone do real estate, it's very exciting. It's very cool. It's tangible. You, you see the, the transformation, especially when you see development, being able to take it, take a project from, you know, zero to 100. Um, and see the big transformation that goes with you know you know putting a new project in, in this piece of plot of land um it's it just it's just so intriguing to a lot of people and so um what i've been getting a lot and and especially from my experience because real estate development is such an entrepreneurial there is no linear path to becoming a developer um what i'm trying to do is at least make it easier for people who, who get exposure into this industry and, and what they need to do to, to set themselves up for success. And so what I've thought of is, is putting together a course, basically that is almost like a master class that teaches people all the concepts that you need to know in development. So things like zoning, things like um, building the consultant team, how do you get started? What's, uh, you know, putting together a performa for a real estate development deal is way different than putting one for a multifamily, you know, investment deal. 
Uh, same thing with uh, waterfall structures. And so it's a lot of different concepts that apply to just specifically development and put it into modules so that people can now get exposure and understand and learn this stuff so they can apply it to whatever they want. So it could be as simple as building a guest house or building their dream house or building a small, you know, two to four unit uh, multifamily property from the ground up. And so it's going to be catered to, to an audience in which, um, you know, it'll be national, maybe even international, but on a, on a more novice scale, right? Because some of these bigger projects, um, there's too many nuances to be able to teach you everything uh, versus uh, on, a, on a more smaller residential scale. Uh, it's very straightforward. You just got to follow specific steps, but unless you don't know what those steps are, you're going to trip up. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do is, is being able to provide that level of confidence for, for novice investors to step into the space. Got it, got it. So again, I think it's going to be, I think, uh, well, it's going to be very valuable for a lot of, a lot of people because uh, there's a ton of information when it comes to, you know, multifamily syndication. And I'm sure the like, people who are watching these episodes, they do follow, like, there's a lot of guests that we come across that are multifamily syndicators. And there's exactly. a lot of information to that. But when it comes to development side of it, I mean, there's, you know, there is, of course, people and courses, but, you, you know, it's definitely in need. And of course, a lot of people, as you said, they were looking for those courses, which exactly. of course have to be on the website. So yes, exactly. So I'll be, I know I'll definitely be creating the website for that because that, that definitely will be a, a very education based, but then actually experience based. Um, and and you, you hit it right in the head is, is there's a lot of content now for like a, a lot of different investing strategies, multifamily, yeah. maybe uh, small multifamily, different strategies about, you know, I've heard of Burr strategy and all this oh, other strategies, bigger pockets. And so it's all catered towards just investing, buy and hold uh, type strategies. But I've never seen anything in real estate development uh, in, in any of my research. And if there is, it's meant more for like very big institutional type projects, which unless you're planning to do and learn and kind of be in that space, um, it's that's uh, this type of uh, course that I'm thinking about is going to be more entrepreneur and more open to everybody to to learn more about the real estate development space. Got it. Okay, so so that's kind of interesting because at the same time while you're building your own you know company with a joint venture you know partners and you know raising like be, having hands full again with the project that you have currently the 80, 88 store building which is going to take ten years for you guys to build you still you know putting time and effort you know to come up with a course which. Uh, and at times like these, there is a lot of people who are looking for those solutions because the job uh, may be, may not be the main income, you know, for a lot of people right. anymore. So they're kind of looking for that transition. Where, where can I go? And again, exactly. having these educational resources provides them a lot of value, you know, and just the insights. If, if they would be suitable to, to do this business, as you said, you know, it's kind of, you have to be entrepreneur, but as you said before, it could be taught. You, you it could be taught. And that's exactly what I'm thinking about is, is I was taught this through my experience, my education. Uh, anybody can, can be taught, you know, how to be a real estate entrepreneur. And so that, that's exactly the objective. Awesome. Awesome. So again, I appreciate you joining me today. You know, it's, it's been uh, a lot of great insights into real estate development. Again, uh, pleasure to have you on because there's not a lot of guests who talk about, you know, real estate development. So happy that, you know, that you've been today on the show, you know, I gave a lot of 
kind of these tools, nuggets, approaches, you know, and like how do you build and expand your business still being very young at the same age. We have to mention that, you know, so, so, so it's awesome. It's awesome, really. So you should follow Jaime, of course, uh, the Jaime Sanchez, which of course on Instagram is going to be the link uh, in the bottom. But do you have any other social medias that, that like people can follow you on also, or that's it, that's the only one? That's the main one. Uh, I mean, I have LinkedIn, but that's more so kind of professional, but in terms of actual engagement and uh, when I'm actually going to announce the, this real estate development master class, it'll be on Instagram that then leads to a website that I'm creating, which will have all the modules uh, and then also tier it also towards um, even group coaching. If, if you have specific projects, then you need guidance and, and advice on, then uh, I'll be available through a group coaching setting where, you know, once a week I come in for an hour, an hour and a half and actually provide insight in terms of what, what, what to watch out for and what to look for. But otherwise the modules themselves uh, will provide a ton of information that the average person just, just does not have any access to at the moment. Got it, got it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Of course, you have to follow Jaime for these uh, content, for, for all the content that he currently has, which he has a ton. And of course, the upcoming news about the course, just so make sure that you follow him and, and just, uh, you know, keep, keep a note when that's going to happen. So Jaime, I really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, it's been a real fun to get to know you a little bit more, get to know the development side of the business. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. I had a good time. No problem. And for you guys uh, who watched this episode, if you think this content uh, was valuable, just one thing that I wanted to ask you, if you share that with your friend, uh, the friend that's always talking about real estate investing, you know, development, whatever that might be, uh, but he never pulls the trigger because he lacks the information and the knowledge. I mean, this is definitely going to be a great one episode for that person. So make sure you do that. Uh, as I mentioned before, follow Jaime on Instagram. Uh, and this has been a Beating Alpha episode 93. So, and as always, guys, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching.